0: Welcome back to Rhyme and Reason Podcast. I'm Sadie Jones. And I'm
1: Christina Dilsdale. And this is our sixth episode. Yes, this is officially number six. And we are going to be talking about the the origin of the phrase to pull the wool over your eyes or to have the wool pulled over your eyes or to pull it over someone else's eyes. Nice. Yeah. But first we want to say thank you again to everybody who's been so supportive of us and who's been... Out just listening, giving us any sort of feedback. Even mm-hmm. if you're not giving us feedback, thanks for being there.
0: Yeah, thanks for listening, telling us what you think. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, do we have any other updates? Any little housekeeping-type things we want to tell folks? Um, I don't think so. Podcast room
0: is pretty much where it's, it was last time. It's
1: trucking along. I had to get the right color paint trim. So the walls, if you guys remember, is polar bear. Mm-hmm. And then we got Swiss coffee, which looked like it was the start, the right color. But it's not. Apparently the lighting was wrong when I was making that decision. <laughs> and it just looks like over-creamed coffee and is not anywhere near the right color for the trim of the door. So we got new paint today. So that's a step in forward Hooray. in the right direction. So by this weekend, the trim will all be fixed. We will order the sound treatment stuff soon. Da, da, da. You won't hear echoes anymore, or not as many. Yeah, that'll be nice. <laughs> That's the plan, anyways. But yes, you will see more updates as they come along. Right, Artie. <laughs> Our little mascot is sleeping, but he is overseeing the whole process. Yes, supervisor cat.
0: Supervisor.
1: Yeah, he. Super- <laughs> 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 All right. You want to get into it? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, to pull the wool over your eyes, have you heard of this phrase before, Sadie? Yes, I have heard of it. What do you think of when you hear that phrase?
0: Like, deceiving somebody. Uh, yeah, deceiving someone.
1: That's pretty much on the nose of what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like most people have a grip on On that. It's meant to deceive. One of the examples are from dictionary.com. It said, to deceive or to hoodwink. Which... <laughs> I like that. I love it. Hoodwink. Hoodwink someone. Um which we're all pretty much in agreement on what it means. Mm-hmm. The origin, however, not everyone is nailed down exactly. Um, okay. Which the natural assumption would be that it derives from when people would wear the big woolen wigs like in the 16th and 17th centuries, mm-hmm. not just because if they were judges or uh, officials, which is White people wear them now still, mm-hmm. but it was just fashionable to wear these big powdered wigs and woolen wigs and it was part of your status symbol. So it was like the bigger your wig, the better and more wealthy or more to do you were. Mm-hmm. Um, it also meant you were carrying around this heavy wool thing on your head all day long. Yeah. And now it's mostly just judges and barristin- barristers, barristers, not barristers. So, to pull the wool over your eyes. The natural assumption is that the phrase derives from, like I said, the woolen wigs that were so popular and fashionable in the 16th and 17th. But surprisingly, the first printed example of to pull the wool over your eyes was in America in the 19th century. What? Yeah, it was from newspaper The People's Press from Gettysburg in 1835. And the quote, I can read the quote to you. We are glad to find among the leading vanites at least one man whose conscience will not permit him to go the whole hog. Which side note, we should do a whole episode on that one. Oh I, I have no idea, but I want to know about it. Yeah, will not permit him to go the whole hog in pulling the wool over people's eyes. So it was like a testament to this man's good character that he wouldn't do that. He okay. wouldn't pull the wool over your eyes. He won't deceive you. That sort of attitude. Interesting, but. The way it's said in this quote, it's very much part of the vernacular. Like, people would know what you're talking about. And so that's why, according to phrases.com... They conclude that's not the true first printing of the phrase, or way too recent. Like it, that phrase is much older than its most re- recent printed example.
0: Yeah, especially if they're using it in an already like commonplace, right?
1: As a something people would understand. Yeah, it's what not it
0: explained meant. in any way.
1: No, not at all. There's no. I mean, I guess you could sort of figure out what's going on by context clues, but it's not. No, like, that type of quote. So it seems plausible that it would just be about that doubt and about, uh, reference to the wigs that people were wearing, mm-hmm. um, in fashionable things, but the connection would be the weight of the wig and why that came to be something that was connected with deceiving. And oh, so cool. it was, um, common for people who were thieves or robbing someone to attack someone who had, a huge wig on their head Uh because it meant that, oh, that's the wealthy person. That person has more to give, that or to take from rather, not give. They're not giving it to you. (laughs) And so thieves or robbers would target those individuals first. And because they had these heavy things on them, it was easier to – even just bump someone or like yank on one of the pieces of wool hair or something and they would literally cover their eyes and their whole face and they would be completely blind to what was going on around them or like you taking things off of their person or what have you so that's where that came from but then since it transitioned to where wasn't so much in style for everybody to be walking around wearing wigs but in Europe and England and other European countries Mm -hmm. uh, lawyers and judges would still wear the ceremonial garb of the big white, white wig. wig and even in our founding fathers and then um, american yeah. colonial ages we did that as mm-hmm. well because it was a carry
0: tradition yeah that exactly.
1: makes sense and so yeah they would use it in that sense where you're still deceiving but you're not thieving from someone you're not taking things from them but you are lying to them or you're trying to persuade them or like pull one over on them <laughs> uh in a court of law. Uh-huh. So you'd be like trying to finagle your way into uh the judge's good graces or make him think like, oh, my way is what really happened. Mm-hmm. My argument is the true argument or to deceive. And that's where most of the sources that I was looking at, like modernmotion.com, phrases dot com Quora and Snopes were all in agreement that it was most likely derived from the robbing of people with the big wigs on their head, Mm -hmm. but then more commonplace in the court of law and deceiving someone in that sense. And then that carrying over to everyday life, like, don't try to pull the wool over my eyes about lying or fooling someone or trying to shoplift or little things like that. Sure. Basic.
0: It's kind of hilarious to imagine a situation where somebody's like parading down the street with their huge dress and their makeup and this giant wig and just having someone come up being like, whoop, <laughs> ha I'm robbing you I now. take your purse taking, now. <laughs> taking everything off of you.
1: It's not so common in America for wigs to have been in fashion. I mean, Thomas Jefferson wore a wig, but that was in the early 1800s. But he even made a comment of how how ridiculous some of these old, um, carryovers, like wearing the wigs and the traditions and things were in her. And a note to the judiciary, um, I don't, I don't have noted why he said this or what the court context was or the case context was. He said, for heaven's sake, discard that monstrous wig, which makes all those English judges look like rats peeping through bunches of oakum. Oh, wow. So he did not like them. He
0: felt very strongly about that.
1: Right? He did not think they had it, anything to do with a court of law. Like, should not be in there.
0: I mean, they kind of don't. I mean, I could understand how you'd want to keep it going if you wanted everybody to know this is the judge. He looks like this with this stupid powdered I mean, they, wig on the top they of they his head. They keep
1: their big black robes. I know. Well, Now we
0: know that. But I could see <laughs> how when they were transitioning, you know, it makes sense. But at a certain point, I like that he was just like, you guys, no. We're (laughs) over this. All
1: right. So as they noted on ModernMotion.com, it's about, it's a website. It's like a blog for lawyers. Oh. Or people who work in the court system. I don't know how popular it is, but I found it as I was looking for this phrase. Interesting. Uh, and say courtroom. Wigs and robes are very old school. King George the Third and of that time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 21st century, British judges and barristers—it's not barrister, it's barristers—still wear all the getup that we were just talking about. Right now, they still wear what? it all. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they started wearing the traditional garb with the robes and the wigs around the 14th century, but not just the standard black that we see in pictures. Medieval judges wore colors, all sorts of colors, green, violet, red, whatever. depends on the the season or who was in power. The season?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Why are we not doing this? I, don't I like know. this tradition better. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> Black became the standard color at the end of the 17th century when Britain went into mourning for King Charles II. So we've been mourning him ever since. Forever. <laughs> Today, judges and barristers are required to wear wigs and robes, though barristers attire is less ornate. The courts didn't officially add wigs to the legal dress code in, until the 18th century, but they were but they'd been wearing them for hundreds of years, literally, mm-hmm. leading up to that anyway. Now it's a part of dress code.
0: That's amazing. Can you imagine, like, okay, time to go to work. Let me put on <laughs> my, my wig. Robe. And my wig. Put on my robe. Make sure. Do they have, like, special shoes? I hope so, because that would be amazing. <laughs> I don't know about the shoes. Old school shoes also. <laughs>
1: what if they wore slippers? Oh, my God. Maybe it would be worth it. Just slipping around Just in their like, big black robes s- s- or colorful robes and big Oh, my God. Wigs. Yeah. He, the, find
0: the guy who's going to bring that back. Like, hey, in summer, we need to dress in different colors <laughs> than we do in winter. We don't need to mourn this king anymore.
1: Did you see Judge blah, blah, blah? He was wearing a spring color in December.
0: Oh, my God. Would the don't wear white after whatever rule apply? If you wanted to. Oh, my God. Can they dye their
1: wigs? Ah! It could be, like, I don't know how accurate this is or if it was just for the movie. Priscilla and I watched Marie Antoinette, and I liked how they were all, like, subtly powdered different colors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you could powder the wigs all the sorts of different colors.
0: Okay. For any listeners who are in the UK, please start advocating for this.
1: Yes. We think it would be great. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, so a professor at Cardozo School of Law says that the wigs and robes melded into courtroom tradition, um... For a reason that was pretty simple. He says, quote, in short, English judges and barristers began wearing these wigs and robes because everybody in polite society were wearing wigs and robes in those days. They continue to wear them because no one has ever told them to stop. That's dumb. But then they made an official law, so I mean Cause they were never gonna stop, I guess.
0: They just wanted to
1: keep <laughs> doing it.
0: So now it's not like, oh I gotta go to work and put this on. They're like Hooray! A guess.
1: I get to put my wig on. <laughs> uh, the so those old wigs that were fashionable back in the 16th, 17th century, uh, they were made of horse hair. Ugh. So they didn't really feel all that great. No, they were really scratchy, hot, and uncomfortable. And the robes probably weren't all that much better. Yeah, at the time, um, and they were also really expensive. And they could cost hundreds of English pounds and thousands for really ornate wigs. That you don't even like anyway, because they're itchy and weird. Right. But it was was like a symbol of where you were in society. Uh, Those that support traditional garb um, say there are a few great reasons for continuing the getup. That it enforces... A solemn sort of atmosphere and authority for um, the judges in a court of law, or especially criminal law, um, who might not look up to authority the same way, or their get it might not have the same value if they weren't wearing like something that set them apart. In I love that it. Sort of
0: situation. I don't respect you. Oh, you're wearing this wig. I respect you so much more.
1: It also says, or one of their examples is that might keep juries um, from favoritism based on, like, oh, I like the way that judge is dressed better than the other one. What if they have a better wig? Um, I mean, what are the wigs made of now? uh, They're made out of synthetic hair now, so more of what you would find in a normal wig shop. So mm-hmm. something that's lighter weight, it feels more like normal hair. So it's not just like poking and scratching the really coarse horse hair. Doesn't have a ton of animal cruelty involved. N- not that I know of. I no. hope not. Um, But apparently wigs are now only required for criminal cases, not so much for civil cases in most mm. European countries. Modernmotion.com does not give a reason as to why civil and family law doesn't require um as often in european countries now but criminal cases very much too probably because the respect thing yeah and the The intimidation authority and imagine if you grew up in a country where for centuries and centuries like the idea of the authority figure was a judge that had that whole look to them it would be scary in a criminal court of law Mm -hmm. um and then org. The actual source of the phrase it says is unknown, but it agrees that the first written, the first recorded example is that uh, American 19th century example mm-hmm. from Gettysburg, uh, but that it is much, much older. They agree with uh, modern motion that it was mostly because of courts and deception or trying to deceive the judge or to get him to on to your side. To sway the judge, yeah. Yeah, but put, they put more weight on... It originating with thievery and robbing from hmm. people, just people wearing the wigs out in public. So, overall, that seems to be the consensus that it comes from literally deceiving someone so you could quite, like, quite actually pull the hair over their face and take all their stuff. I love it. Or just trying to fool them and usually in a court situation. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and a notable. Mention of it. They're the title of a Benny Goodman song in 1936. You can't pull the wool over my eyes. And it's sung by Helen Ward.
0: Nice. Yeah. Hmm.
1: You can put a little blip of it right here if you want.
0: Oh, you can not pull the wool over my eyes. You can't get away. Tell an old lie. Y'all not away. The
1: there you have it. it. There it is. That oh is God. to pull the wool over your eyes. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. There will be more to come. Mm-hmm. Do we have any announcements? Nobody wrote in about three sheets to the wind stories. Well, we've got time. I'm looking forward to them. I want to share them. You guys need to just send us any stories you have involving, not necessarily phrases we've done, but and ones that you like, your favorite phrases. Mm-hmm. Ones that you've never heard before until one random person said it and you're like, what the heck does that mean?
0: I want to do an episode on phrases that your parents have said that might have just been momized. Momized, So they're not actually phrases. I, don't, I want to find the meanings of the original phrase and figure out what,
1: what they meant to say. I know that I have plenty of those. Oh, yeah. I'll just merge things. Like, oh, that's not how that goes, Christina
0: One that my mom uses a lot That I had never heard um, Is she says They were like a chicken on a bug What? Yep, yep, shout out to mom There you go (laughs) Uh, And she uses it in a way to mean like They were Really acutely paying attention to you Or they acted really quickly and Super fast, like a chicken trying to get out of bucket to eat it.
1: I've heard something similar to this before and I was equally baffled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want phrases like that. So if you have <laughs> s- interesting phrases you want us to get to the bottom of, please send it to our email rhymeRaisonpod at gmail You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the same handle, pod. We also both have individual Instagram handles. Mine is Sadie Liz Jones. And mine is at Dillsmingo. So you can follow us there for additional updates or different
1: things like that. And uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah. Artie says goodbye as well. You wouldn't know because he's very quiet about it. (laughs) But yeah, thanks for listening. And we will see you, or you will not see us, but you will hear us next week.
0: Bye. Bye.